This is true news, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help us God. We predicted it many months ago. I said NATO would encourage Ukraine to strike the Crimean Bridge. I also said that when the bridge goes down, so too will the nuclear warheads rain down on nations involved in the operation to destroy the bridge. The Kerch Strait Bridge was attacked on Saturday. The Ukrainian intelligence agency wasted no time rejoicing over the massive truck bomb. Ukrainian President Zelensky joked about the explosion. The 14-mile bridge was damaged, not destroyed. This is what the explosion looked like early Saturday morning as seen on the bridge's security cameras. Doc Burkhardt is here with me to talk about the stunning developments in the Russia-Ukraine war in recent days. And, uh, Doc, we're not, you know, we're not uh, caught off guard by this attack. We, we, we knew this was it. coming. Um, <clears throat> it, was, it was a truck bomb on top of the bridge rather than uh, explosive devices below the bridge. So the bridge was damaged, but it's still open for traffic. It was not taken down, did not crash into the sea, but it was a, um, a major shock to, to the Russian people on Saturday morning. So um, everything has changed since we were here Friday. We had no idea, Doc, Friday night, when we finished True News Friday night, right. we had no idea that while... You and I and the True News audience would be sleeping Friday night, early Saturday morning, that the Ukrainian intelligence agency would have someone drive uh, a truck bomb across the bridge. And um, we could have went to nuclear war over the weekend. We could have. It was that close. And we're going to show you, uh, based on statements coming out of Russian officials, how close we are to nuclear war. And also, not only Russia. But North Korea, well, we'll tell you more later in the program about what uh, the threats that are coming out of North Korea right now about nuclear war. Uh, the next uh, video that we have here is uh, um, it's another bridge. Now this is this is now this is in Ukraine. Right. This is yeah. Russia's this is Russia's response today to the attack on their bridge. Right. So this is a bridge in the center of Kiev, the capital city and everything. We'll show it again here for our audience. Uh, it's not the equivalent of the Kerch Strait Bridge, but it does send a message. Uh, there were a lot of messages being sent to Kiev today uh, via missile and so uh, and all over Ukraine. Eighty five uh, rockets landed. And this was uh, updated about an hour ago. Eighty five rockets landed in various places in Ukraine uh, fired from the Russians. Um, we uh, have another one. This is uh, from Next TV. This is uh, another piece of dramatic footage. Uh, watch it all the way through. There's actually two explosions in here.
Now, we I'm didn't not, add the music for the variety effect. We're just showing this is a, with an ordinary person in their car, uh, driving maybe to work, maybe to school. They've got the radio on everything, and all of a sudden, their world changes yes. in an instant. And uh, the two cars in front that were stopped at a traffic light, Doc, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I watched their reaction. It's like the first bomb exploded, and they sat there. And I guess they didn't leave because the light was red. <laughs> and you know, they didn't, they, they didn't want to get a ticket for, you know, making a U-turn on the street. So after the second bomb went off, the guy decided, well, I'm, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take my risk. I'll take the, you know, I'll get the uh, U-turn ticket. I'm, I'm going to leave. Um, to me, it was just, again, how how the public can be actually faced with death and just be sitting there and not reacting, not taking quick, immediate steps to save your life, to save the lives of the people that are in your vehicle or that you're around. Let's watch it again. And just watch the two cars sit there at the traffic light while two missiles strike in front of them. Once again, it's just surreal. I, you know, uh, up until this week, they were still partying in Kiev. Yes. Nightclubs are open everything. Mm -hmm. uh, things are going to be a lot different moving forward here. Um, we have some additional footage. Uh, this is uh, some missile strikes in Kiev. A number of uh, missile strikes here. We'll watch this. Doctor, did you notice the traffic? Yes, I saw that. On, on the They're just driving road. along. They said, I, I got to get to work. I can't be late. You got Russian rockets streaking across the sky, explosions taking place in the city. Right. And the traffic is just as normal. Like, hey, I was late last week. My boss isn't going to believe that a if missile took a Yeah, I was telling that, hey, a Russian missile went over my head. There was no panic. Nobody made an attempt to get out of the danger zone. That's what I find so bizarre. Uh, we have another video here. This is from the BBC. The BBC was doing a live report when they were suddenly interrupted by uh, a Russian missile. Watch this. 
So the fear is that this could trigger a very strong Russian response. We saw yesterday uh, that a residential area of the city of Zaporizhia, a major city in the south of the country, very close to the front lines, uh, was hit. Uh, more than a dozen. So. He resumed well, he, reporting a little bit later down in the basement of the parking mm -hmm. garage, and so, uh, but... Well, at um, least he ducked. Yes. Why do people duck when you have something like a missile? Yeah, yeah I never thought of it that way, Rick. What is ducking going to do? Are you going to miss that, like, another foot from this the missile? Our from human you? reflex, you know, but at least he reacted. He ducked. Um... Well, let's, uh, we'll, we'll take a look at what uh, Vladimir Putin said on Saturday. Uh, this is Interfax News. Putin said that the authors and the uh, executors of um, the terrorist attack on the Crimean Bridge uh, were from the special services of Ukraine, meaning the intelligence agency of Ukraine. Right. So the organizers of the terrorist attack on the Crimean Bridge are the special services of Ukraine, said Russian President Vladimir Putin. Quote, there is no doubt that this is a terrorist act. Now, keep that in mind as we're, we're going through these stories today, that this is a terrorist act aimed at destroying the cr critically important civilian infrastructure of the Russian Federation. Uh, so he's saying this is uh, civilian infrastructure, uh, the attack on the Crimean Bridge. Putin said during a working meeting with the head of the Russian Investigative Committee, Alexander Bestrykin, authors, performers, customers, the Secret Services, of Ukraine, he added. In turn, uh, Bastrykin uh, added that citizens of Russia and foreign countries who helped in the preparation of this terrorist act were involved in the incident. According to him, the investigative committee of Russia has established the route of the truck that blew up on the Crimean Bridge. Uh, is This is Bulgaria, Georgia, Armenia, North Ossetia, and Krasnodar territory. So they're bringing, they're tracking the movements of this truck all the way from Bulgaria at various checkpoints. Yes, he's also saying that there were Russian citizens involved right. in the, the planning of the uh, bomb attack. If I recall, the truck actually was coming from the Russian uh, uh, direction, mm -hmm. so, um, which I thought was interesting that they, you know. So the driver uh, obviously died. So the, the conspirators uh, tricked somebody into driving the truck. Some, some poor sap was given a job. Drive this truck over the bridge, and he had no idea that it was loaded with a bomb. And uh, I was reading yesterday morning, following up on some of the reports, that they had already identified the driver of the truck. They knew the license plate, the VIN number, all everything about the truck. They, they had every bit of information that you could have about it, although I don't know how you could... Uh, because it looked from that explosion that there was nothing left. And those security cameras caught the license plates as it was and traveling was, across the bridge. And there were likely checkpoints on the other side, That's too. Right. And so, well, um, uh, Interfax here has uh, Medvedev saying that the Russian Federation will respond to the terrorist attack on the Crimean Bridge by destroying terrorists. Now, uh, I encourage you to keep that in mind where he's saying, you know, who he's going to identify who the terrorists are in this. But they are they're using the word terrorists. Yes. This is twice now. Putin said terrorists. Medvedev said terrorists. So the Russian officials are deliberately branding the Ukrainian operatives as terrorists. Right. Because 
they're going to launch a war on terrorism. Right. Now, Mr. Medvedev, uh, he's a big fan of Telegram, he's on there all the time, posted this uh, and uh, had this information. Uh, the the one uh, phrase that we want you to look at is right there in the middle where he's responding to a reporter's question. Uh, do you admit that Ukraine was involved in the explosion on the Crimean Bridge, or is it an internal terror? So Mr. Medvedev said the customer and perpetrator of the crime is, so he's saying it right here, the failed state of Ukraine. This is a terrorist act and sabotage committed by the criminal regime in Kiev. There is no doubt, and there was none. All reports and conclusions have been made. Russia's response to this crime can only be the direct destruction of terrorists. Uh, just as it is accepted in the world, this is what Russian uh, citizens are waiting for. Rick, the way I take that is he is saying that the, uh, the government, current government in Kiev, Zelensky, the whole uh, crew up there, and everybody that is tied in with them, all the NATO players that are involved, they're the terrorist regime. That's what he's saying. And he, that other line is that this is, this is what the world um, understands. He's talking about the United States. Right. What, have, what has the United States done for the last 20 years since September 11? We've waged war on terrorists. Yes. And that war has, been, has involved blowing up a lot of countries. Right. And we, we blew up Afghanistan. We blew up Iraq. We blew up Libya. We blew up Syria. Anybody under, that we under didn't Under the like, uh, collar of terror. Yes. Hey, they're terrorists. We're going to blow, blow up the country. So he's saying, well, we're just going to act like the Americans. We're going to blow up Ukraine because we say they're terrorists. And what are you going to do about it? Because, America, you blow up countries that you say are terrorists. And, and so he's, he's dishing it out to NATO and America, saying we're just going to operate like you guys operate. How are you going to accuse us of doing something wrong? We're just fighting terrorists, just like you fight terrorists. Uh, let's jump down to uh, number, uh, uh, number 12. And... Uh, I saw this, uh, well, before we go to that, I want to go back to what Mr. Medvedev said. This was Saturday night. Right. Okay. So, Doc, when I read Medvedev's telegram post, uh, my son Jeremy was at my house, and I told him, I said, um, no, this was Sunday. This was Sunday, and I told him, I said, son, uh, Medvedev is telling us, that they are going to hit Ukraine really hard. Because he said, we're going to destroy the terrorists. If you look at what he said, he said, Russia's response to this crime can only be the direct destruction of terrorists. Right. And he identified who those terrorists were at the beginning of that quote, yes. too. And, and so I told my son last night, I said, they're getting ready to do something. I didn't think it was going to be uh, during the night while we were sleeping, uh, I thought because Putin was going to call a meeting of his uh, his uh, Security Council, and I thought, well, they're probably going to make an announcement Monday. Uh, but instead, they they struck early uh, Monday, and uh, so when I got up at 4 a.m., Doc, the very first thing I saw on my phone was breaking news: Russia attacks Ukraine. And I thought, well, here it is. It's, it's happening. But Medvedev said, this can only be done by the direct destruction of the terrorists.
which, again, Doc, I believe, I believe what they're saying is they're going to obliterate Ukraine. I believe it. that's exactly the message they're sending. And they've started today, but I think today was just kind of softening things up a little bit. Right. So uh, now that we'll gets out the big guns yeah, here later. So that comes to this next video, and this was posted on uh, a social media page and it's by a, a Russian official. And, you know, I, I never heard of the man, but I looked him up. He is a legitimate government official in, in Russia. And he posted a warning to the Ukrainian people saying, hey, something big is coming soon. You need to flee out of the cities right away. Let's watch it. Всем привет, дорогие друзья. Есть очень важная новость, особенно для жителей крупных городов Украины, украинцы. Покидайте свои города, особенно крупные, потому что вас ждет большой сюрприз. Вот за этим леском стоят сарматы, которые готовы нанести удар. Поэтому украинцы Get out of town. So you could take that one of two ways. It's propaganda. They want to create fear, panic, flee the cities. Or um, he knows something, and he's, he's got friends in Ukraine, and he's telling people, you, you don't want to be in a Ukrainian city. The big, the big missiles are coming. Now, he mentioned the um, RS-28. Sarmat, the Satan. Missile. That's the one that yeah, the CIA calls it the Satan missile. Russia doesn't call it the Satan missile. They call us Satan. Right. Okay. So I want to show you a picture of the uh, Sarmat. That's the bad boy that he said they're going to fire into Ukrainian cities. That thing's nasty. Uh, Doc, um, the Sarmat is their is Russia's newest uh, ICBM. And this bad boy carries 10 heavy nuclear warheads or 15 lighter warheads. So when it is approaching its target, it opens, it opens up and 10 to 15 warheads come out and are guided to separate targets. This is why they said one, one of these ICBMs would take out the state of Texas. One. If that man, the Russian official, if he is truthful and he knows that a big strike is coming, he said the RS-28, which I was shocked when he said it because I was expecting that they would say tactical nukes, small tactical nukes, would take out a small geographical area. That thing takes out countries. Right. What do you think? Is it, is, is it Russian propaganda to, to set off fear and hysteria in Ukraine? Or are they really at the, are they at the breaking point that they're going to burn Ukraine off the earth? Well, let's just say you... You can't make that bet either way, can you? We don't, you don't know. know. We don't know. You just don't know. Um, we have some video of uh, Russia successfully test firing one of these uh, RS-28s back in April of this year. 
we'll watch some of this here. Уважаемые товарищи, добрый день. Сергей Кушгедович, пожалуйста, прошу вас. Товарищ Верховный Главнокомандующий, на Первом Государственном Испытательном Космодроме в Архангельской области завершена подготовка к проведению первого летного испытания ракетного комплекса «Сармат». So, Rick, we're watching this. Uh, this is the RS-28 uh, right here mm -hmm. uh, that we're watching being fired off. We're watching it just like Vladimir Putin saw it when they were testing it back in April this year. And as you said, uh, up to uh, 10 nuclear warheads and 15 mm -hmm. conventional warheads. Conventional warheads just blow up a lot less. But yes. um, I would see them using conventional warheads. Um, for the RS-28 moving into Ukraine, it so. also it also transports uh, hypersonic gliders. So that's another feature of that of that rocket. Um, again, I that that warning from the Russian official was quite chilling, uh, and I, I can't dismiss it as as uh, just propaganda. We have said for months, when Ukraine takes down the Kerch Strait Bridge, that will set loose the nuclear weapons. They tried to take it down on Saturday. It didn't work. It damaged the bridge, but it didn't destroy it. But I let the Russians know, Ukraine wants a big fight. And NATO is pushing Ukraine. You had General Breedlove, the retired commander, a structural, a structural designer himself. Yes. Former commander of NATO from Great Britain. And months ago he said, I know how to take down that bridge. I'm an engineer. I know its weak points. It would be a, you know, he basically said it would be an awesome, fantastic target. So is Great Britain, is it, is Great Britain the, 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 the hidden hand that's directing this war? And, and telling Ukraine you want to strike the bridge, you want to bring it down. Uh, if it happens, if they do hit it again, uh, I honestly expect Great Britain to disappear. Now somebody wrote to me today, and I want you to know, brother, he said, uh, you and Doc were talking about Great Britain last Friday, and um, you didn't express any concern for the people of Great Britain. I want to make, I want you to know, absolutely, brother, I'm deeply concerned. I am deeply concerned for our brethren in Great Britain. Um, you need to tell your politicians and your king to get out of this war, to stop this madness. You're going to lose your country, you're going to yes. lose your life, and we may lose our country and our lives here because of this madness. Is Zelensky is not worth nuclear war. I, this, this is absolute craziness, what's going on. And uh, so much of the, uh, the American public wants the war, talk. Yes. They want the war. They're waiting on the U.S. to attack Russia. They have no idea what this is going to look like if, if you survive to see the aftermath. I mean, you watch some of the Sunday morning shows um, over the weekend, and it's almost like they're gleefully waiting mm -hmm. for this war to get started. Uh, President Putin, though, has made it very clear that if Ukraine, uh, Ukraine continues with uh, these what he's classifying as terrorist attacks, 
that Russia will respond in kind. He says if attempts to carry out terrorist attacks in our, uh, on our territory continues, Russia's responses will be harsh and in scale will correspond to the level of threats posed by the Russian Federation. No one should have any doubts about this, the head of state summed up. So that was his statement today. Right. Um, Mr. Medvedev uh, promised uh, further Russian responses. This is his statement today. Um, you know, I'm really surprised by Mr. Medvedev because he was always <coughs> the, the uh, mild-mannered Russian politician. Right. Even when he was president, I mean, it was like, you know, you didn't hear anything out of him. He didn't threaten anybody. And so, but now he's easy going and, but he's not easy going this year. He's, he's, he's angry and he's fed up. And, you know, if, if something happened to Putin, um, Medvedev may be the one that they put back in to the Kremlin to run the country. He served as president for four years. Uh, but th this is what he posted on Telegram today. And this is in response to the first wave of attacks. He says, this first episode has been played. There will be other, others. And further, I will express my personal opinion. I can't help but mention it now. The Ukrainian state in its current configuration with the Nazi political regime will pose a constant, direct, and clear threat to Russia. Therefore, in addition to protecting our people and protecting the borders of the country, the goal of our future actions, in my opinion, should be the complete dismantling of the political regime of Ukraine. So, there, so we know again, where he stands. He said it again. He's repeated the message that he favors the complete destruction of Zelensky's government. He's saying as long as that Nazi government remains in power, it's a threat to Russia. It's a threat to Russia. And so our only response can be the complete destruction of Zelensky's government. That should tell you right there that things are not going to calm down in the near future. Because Zelensky, is, he's fired up for more fighting. I mean, he made a big joke. He was joking Saturday about the bridge being attacked. He thought it was funny. And, um, you know, today uh, he's not showing any signs that he wants to negotiate and find a peaceful solution. I, Doc, he, he, Zelensky is being, do, do you remember back, I would say, you know, in the, in the early days of the war, maybe April, March, April, do you remember he looked like a scared rabbit? Well, he, he was then, yes. Yes, he was hiding. He was terrified the Russians were going to get him. They were moving, remember convoys of troops towards Kiev? Mm -hmm. and And for some reason, Putin redirected them. I think he probably regrets that he did it. Um, and so, again, somebody else. I'm sorry, I don't have names in front of me. I should bring emails out here. I don't. I don't remember to print out everything. But somebody wrote to me and said um, that Putin has looked scared. Yes. Yes. Okay. I don't recall that, but well, actually, Doc, yes, I actually believe so. Okay, um, I had this conversation with my son over the weekend, also, that Putin has actually been um, reticent in unleashing the full power of the Russian military on Ukraine, and it's like. 
I get the feeling he, he's, he is personally wrestling with the gravity, the weight of issuing the order to nuke Ukraine. I think the man's wondering what happens to his soul. I really do. I think he has enough Christianity in him that he's wondering what happens to Vladimir Putin's soul if he issues the order to nuke Ukraine. I think he's, I think he's very grieved by this whole war that he doesn't want it. And he's, he's wrestling with it. But NATO's pushing him and pushing him and pushing. He's now at the place that if he doesn't fight with everything that he has, his country's going to be taken from him. He knows NATO's coming to destroy, not to destroy Russia, but to take Russia. They want... John Bolton said, he told CBS News, we need regime change in Moscow. Out in the open about it. Regime change. They're not, the neocons aren't hiding this anymore. We've got to take out Putin. We have to put in our puppet government in, in the Kremlin. Because uh, the, the neocons, or whatever name you want to call these people, they have been lusting for decades to own Russia, to rape Russia, to get its natural resources, to get its land mass. And, and Putin has been standing in their way. And so he knows, Putin knows, that if he doesn't go all the way in this war, he will go down in history as the president of Russia who lost the country. The last president. The last president of Russia. That's what he's wrestling with. So I, well, his actions certainly seem to yes. match that. I'll say that. So I, I think he probably is second-guessing his decisions throughout this year where he has held back and not used heavy weapons because in the early months they were moving in on Ukraine I mean on, on Kiev they had, they had convoys just outside of, of Kiev and for some reason he pulled them back he should have seized Kiev when he had a chance and what I'm saying is Zelensky looked like a scared rabbit back then right but now well now Zelensky oh my gosh he's Superman you know, he's out there uh, on, the, on the street. He's wearing his... his, his uh, if you believe that. If you believe it. If you believe it. It could be all in a green screen at Langley CIA headquarters. But he's cocky. He's arrogant. He's like, bring on the fight. Let's fight. So Zelensky's power hungry now. He actually, he actually believes he's Winston Churchill. Because the West has said, you're, you're Winston Churchill. You're going to go down in history as the, as the great war commander. But he's leading the world to destruction. And, and the West, the Western leaders of NATO and the United States, Great Britain, I don't know what to say about them, that somebody needs to take power away from these people. Doc, I, I'm, um, I'm going to call for... A time of fasting and prayer. The the G20 is coming up. The G20 summit is coming up in in mid November. Right. And I I believe if if we can make it to that point. 
And I believe every every born-again, Bible-believing, spirit-filled Christian, we need to set ourselves in unity. Uh, regardless of your beliefs, your, your, your denomination, um, your eschatology, your political alliances, your race, your color, your skin, put it all aside. And let's come together in one accord and pray that world leaders will come to their senses and come together with a plan that all the parties accept. It, the alternative is nuclear war. That's the alternative. We're headed there. And the events of this past weekend should put a chill in everybody how close we could be to nuclear war. I want to go on with this uh, well, story. Some so, people aren't afraid of nuclear bombs, Rick. No, they like it. So this is an article out of Jerusalem Post here. Look at this headline. 15,000 Ukrainians decide to have a mass orgy if Russia deploys nuclear weapons. As in the days of Noah. Yes. The fear of the use of nuclear weapons by Russia against Ukraine looms over the current crisis, but some Ukrainians have found a creative solution. A large group of Ukrainians has decided to organize a mass orgy to take place on a hill outside of Kiev in case Putin does launch a nuclear bomb. More than 15,000 have already registered on Telegram for the sex party. The mass orgy will take place on a hill outside the city where the participants would be asked to decorate their hands with colored stripes, symbolizing their sexual interests. If you are considering participating, three stripes are for anal sex lovers and four stripes are for oral sex lovers. You won't hear that on regular Christian TV. Uh, the organizers claim that the event in which the locals will give up the uh, atomic shelters and bunkers in favor of sexual celebration is so popular that for some reason all the apartments with a view of the hill have disappeared from real estate sites. When an air raid siren sounded last week, one member of the orgy even asked excitedly, is it time? With a cheeky emoji and received about 600 smiles in response. So uh, this is one of those things, Rick, I don't... It's surreal. Yes. Uh, you're going to be attacked with nuclear weapons and your response is, let's have a sex party. Right. And 15,000 people signed up. And... and that's Ukraine. This is the country we're fighting for. Right. We're all going to die for perverted Ukraine. Doc, the Nazis have taken over Ukraine. And in World War II and, you know, in the 30s in Germany, what few people understand, because the, the writers of history don't want you to know it, but the Third Reich, the Nazi Party of Germany, were a bunch of sex perverts. They were homosexuals. Uh, Hitler's high, you know, his top hierarchy in the Nazi party were gay. They were militant gays. And Hitler's vision of a pure race was not a white race. It was a militant homosexual race uh, modeled after the, the early Greeks yes and the early Greeks would take you know uh, uh, young boys and they would have sex with them yes. uh, they would basically own them so uh, that spirit is over Ukraine right that's the Nazi spirit that's over Ukraine Zelensky is a Zionist Nazi 
and America is fighting for the Nazis. It's just that plain. And Putin knows that they're Nazis. And they, before all the conflict started in uh, Ukraine uh, earlier this year, you'd have all the major publications out there talk, you know, Ukraine has a Nazi problem. And all these different publics, the, the New York Times, mm-hmm. the Washington Post, you know, you can go back and read those sure. very articles that said, Ukraine, there's a lot of Nazis there and everything. But then the war started and suddenly we're in favor of Ukraine. But the Nazis are still there, Rick. Let me show you a photograph of the bracelet worn by the commander of the Ukrainian military. Right. So this okay. is for the commander in chief of Ukrainian troops. You see it on the right. There's his hand on the right. And I think we, do we have another still? There you go. So uh, swastika. Right. So commander in chief. Uh, do, go ahead and keep this picture up, guys. Uh, commander in chief of the Ukrainian troops, Valery Zaluzny published his own photo, this is his photo, uh, of his official Twitter account where a bracelet with Nazi symbols is visible on his arm. The Telegram channel War Against Fakes drew attention to the picture. The metal bracelet depicts various symbols, including a swastika, exactly the same as on the flags of Nazi Germany. So there's no question that if there's not a direct connection to the Nazis, they admire the Nazis. And they well, I would, say if you, I would say if you wore a swastika bracelet, you're probably a Nazi. I agree with you. So I, I want to ask um, my dear Jewish friends who watch me, hoping to catch me saying something that you can use against me. Why are you supporting Zelensky in Ukraine when it's clearly evident that Ukraine is run by Nazis? I don't understand this. Why are the Jews for the Nazis? I understand more than I want to say right now. I'm just asking a question. So Why are the Jews supporting the Nazis? Why? I thought the Jews were against the Nazis. But here in America, the Jews are the biggest supporters of the Nazis in Ukraine. I mean, let me rephrase it. The Jews... The American Jews are the biggest supporters of the Ukrainian war effort. And the war in Ukraine is led by a general who has a swastika bracelet. Don't the Jews find that offensive? I mean, Zelensky's the president. That general, that's his top general. Wouldn't right. you he go out and go, hey, I'm a Jew. Take that Nazi swastika bracelet off. Now, Rick, no. just kind of flip the script. You would never do this, of course, but if you had a bracelet, you're sitting here on set, you had a bracelet, it had a Nazi symbol on it, what would be the response? People, would, people? Think, people would think I'm a Nazi. Right. But I, why? But why, Rick? Because I'd be wearing a Nazi bracelet. I, I despise Nazism. Yes. I despise Nazism. I'm opposed to Nazism. That's why you don't wear any of its symbolism. That's right. I don't like isms. <laughs> but Zelensky's government is run by Nazis. And the U.S. government is backing them. Here's, this is really what it came down to. See, Ukraine in World War II was a big Nazi stronghold. It was a major Nazi stronghold. In fact, the fourth highest Nazi in Ukraine, I mean, I'm talking four levels down from Adolf Hitler. His granddaughter is the current 
Deputy Prime Minister of Canada. Right. Now, how did that come about? She's the one who went after the truck convoy protesters. She's the one that wanted their money confiscated and their trucks confiscated. Yeah, she talked like a Nazi. She acted like a Nazi because her granddad was a Nazi. Right. Okay? So what happened in World War II is the United States brought Germany to its knees. Germany surrendered, but the Nazis didn't surrender. The Nazis merged with the ruling class of America. Do you get that? Germany surrendered. The nation of Germany surrendered. The Nazi party didn't surrender. The Nazi party merged with the ruling class of America. And we brought tens of thousands of Nazis over to America to teach our government how to act like Nazis. Yes. And now here it is in 2022, and people are going, I don't recognize this government. This doesn't seem like an American government. It isn't. It's a Nazi government. And that's why the United States of America is backing the Nazis in Ukraine. And so if you're a backer of Zelensky, you're helping the Nazis. So just think about that. Just chew on that throughout the day and wonder if you, maybe you're on the wrong side of this thing. Look, I'm not on either side. I, I, I don't want a war. I don't want war. I hate war. I hate Nazism and I hate war. And, and Doc, it grieves me that people are dying on both sides. I don't want the war. I want the U.S. and Great Britain and NATO to get its big fat nose out of Ukraine and out of Russia. It's just that simple. If they would get their big fat nose out of the affairs of Russia and Ukraine, this war would come to an end because we wouldn't be shipping weapons. We wouldn't be shipping missiles and HIMARS and everything else and, and, and bombs filled with 200,000 tungsten uh, ball bearings that's what the U.S. is doing in Germany. Germany sending tanks and Great Britain sending rockets. I mean, it's just, you know, the West is prolonging this war and making it worse. Uh, you told me a few minutes ago while one video was playing that uh, Mr. Biden made an announcement today. He did. Uh, this is a 26A for control. He had a phone call with Vladimir Zelensky. Uh, President uh, Joe, uh, Joe Biden spoke today with President Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine. He expressed his condemnation of Russia's missile strikes across Ukraine, including Kiev, and conveyed his condolences to the loved ones killed. President Biden pledged to continue providing Ukraine with the support needed to defend itself, including advanced air defense systems. Now, now we're starting to get into the real meat here, Rick. He also underscored his ongoing engagement with allies and partners to continue imposing costs on Russia, holding Russia accountable for war crimes, and providing Ukraine with security, economic, and humanitarian assistance. But the most important thing to uh, catch out of this is including advanced. advanced air defense systems. It would be the Patriot systems. Right. So now it's going to be stepped up a little bit more here. So Well, and Russia will take out the... The U.S. Patriot systems. And at some point, Russia takes out the U.S. That's where we're going if this madness doesn't stop. Uh, number 27, this is uh, Ursula von der Leyen. She's the uh, 
big cheese over uh, the European Union. Was she the president of the European Union? Right. Um, so she uh, she flapped her lips uh, today about um, standing with Zelensky and opposing Russia and continuing the war. This is what she said. I am shocked and appalled by the vicious attack um, on Kiev and other Ukrainian cities. Russia once again has shown to the world what it stands for. It is terror and brutality. Those who are responsible have to be held accountable. We are mourning the victims, and I send my heartfelt condolences to our Ukrainian friends. I know Ukrainians will not be intimidated, and Ukrainians know that we will stand by our side, their side as long as it takes. We are standing here at the uh, eastern border of uh, European Union. Their uh, background is Russia. Uh, we send a clear message to all the Ukrainians. We are supporting you every possible way. And what we have to do is definitely deliver air defense from, uh, from the Allies' side so that the Ukrainians can protect their cities, their civilians, because Russia is definitely escalating to harm the civilians. We are with the victims. We stand by Ukraine. Well, there, there's another one who said we're sending air defense systems. Now, I didn't hear them condemn Ukraine for attacking a bridge with civilians on it. No, nope. no one's condemned that. Nobody has. Those were civilians, innocent people on the bridge. They didn't condemn it. They didn't issue a harsh statement to Ukraine saying, don't do that again. You killed civilians. You attacked a civilian infrastructure. You, you've, you've worsened this war. And there's no such statement. You know why? Because NATO encouraged Ukraine to strike the bridge. Right. Okay. Where is this going to end up? If, if, if the church of God does not pray and move the hand of God to bring about a settlement, uh, it's, this is going to end in massive destruction. See, I, I, you know, I don't know on the other denominations. I've been following some of the comments by American evangelicals. If you ask them to pray about this war, they would pray for the destruction of Russia. That's what they would want. Uh, some of them are calling Russia, you know, this is uh, Gog. Uh, this is the Gog and Magog war. So, uh, well, where's that going? Well, we got to destroy Russia, okay? Um, they're all... They're backing a Nazi. These are the American evangelicals. They're backing a Nazi government against a Christian nation. It doesn't make sense. How about we just put everybody just if you're if you're Christian, how about we just be citizens of the kingdom of God? And pray that almighty God would intervene and stop the madness of humans from destroying Maybe killing a hundred million people in a war of war, maybe a billion people. Who knows? I mean, this thing is full nuke, Doc. It life on this planet changes forever. Yes. It's it's all gone at that point. All right, uh, the survivors will will be living in a nightmare. 
So, look, we've seen over the weekend how close we are to that kind of destruction. Uh, Ian Stoltenberg, the Secretary General of NATO and future uh, Central Bank Governor of Norway, um, he uh, obviously condemned uh, Russia today and uh, pledged NATO's everlasting support of the Nazi government. And notice, once again, uh, they condemn Russia's horrific and indiscriminate attacks on civilian infrastructure. The but no Church. condemnation of the attack on the Russian bridge. Right. And NATO will continue supporting the brave Ukrainian people to fight back against the Kremlin's aggression for as long as it takes, Rick. Yeah. Um, the Prime Minister of Finland, she trotted out onto the sidewalk and made this little snarky comment about the war. She's kind of weird. Uh, watch a little snarky grin on her face. The way out of the conflict. The way out of the conflict. The way out of the conflict is to Russia to leave Ukraine. Okay. That's the way out of the conflict. Thank you. We're going to start a nuclear war. <laughs> These people are weird. Yeah. They are, they are weird. They shouldn't be in power. They got to be in straitjackets. Honestly, she should be a model for a straitjacket company. You get a picture of that? Yes, uh, I do. She yes. could be walking the runway in her straitjacket and modeling the latest 2022 model of a straitjacket. She should not be in government office. She's weird. Weird. These people are strange. Like John Bolton. Put that man... Put him in a padded room. Give these people, give them something to play with. Give them a toy, something. They shouldn't have power. They're crazy. These people are crazy. They're driving the world to nuclear war. Rick, another story that you caught uh, over the weekend here. Uh, there's a lot, other, a lot of other bridges that have been blown up. Uh, I didn't yeah. know about this. And so along the uh, border of Belarus and Ukraine, Ukraine has blown up almost all the bridges on the border up there. We haven't heard much about that. Isn't that civilian infrastructure? I would say so. The Ukrainian side has blown up almost all border bridges and mined roads on the border with Belarus, said Lieutenant uh, General Anatoly Lapo, chairman of the State Border Committee of Belarus on the STV channel. Today, almost all border bridges have been blown up and automobile, railway, border roads are completely mined, up to the fact that they put anti-tank mines in three rows on the roads, Lapo said. So Ukraine can blow up civilian infrastructure. No one you know, makes a peep about that, do they? No, and, and I think they're getting ready for war with uh, Belarus. And the president of Belarus, Mr. Lukashenko, thinks so also. Um, this next one, Lukashenko warns Ukraine against a possible strike on Belarus. So the president of Belarus, Alexander Lukashenko, warned that Ukraine uh, is uh, considering a possible strike against Belarus. And the head of state stated this at a meeting on security issues. Delta News has learned. Uh, yesterday, through unofficial channels, we were warned about strikes against Belarus from the territory of Ukraine. We will make it so that it will be the Crimean Bridge Part 2. Uh, this information was immediately brought to me, the head of state stressed. The answer was simple. Tell the president of Ukraine and other insane people, if they are still there, 
that the Crimean Bridge will seem like flowers to them if only they touch at least one meter of our territory with their dirty hands. This is your function. Consider this an order for you, the head of state addressed the military and security forces. He said, according to him, back in 2020, the collective West tried to make a blitzkrieg against Belarus, starting with a cholera revolution and rebellion. It didn't work out. The second stage is economic strangulation and informational pressure on Belarus. They see that the sanctions did not work. It means that they could not strangle us economically, and they didn't succeed. So what remains? The only way left is to resolve the issue by force. Through sabotage, provocations, which will lead to the destabilization of the situation in our country. This is their plan. And then, if possible, to impose military operations. This is very relevant at the present stage, the president said. And so he is preparing for uh, uh, the attacks to come. Um, you know, they've made all the preparation for it already. Doc, is, is there any country that these demoniacs, that these New World Order demoniacs, is there any country that they're not messing with day after day? They're in everybody's business. They're in everybody's faces. They're destabilizing nations. They're starting revolutions. They're assassinating leaders. What is wrong with these people? What is wrong with them? They're evil. I, there's no other word for it. Evil. Wicked. Why can't they? Why can't the leaders of the United States and Western Europe just mind their own business? Wouldn't this be a nicer world? If we just minded our own business. Yeah, I don't go around to all my neighbor's house and, you know, check in on what they're doing, how they're mowing their grass, or, you know, what's going on inside their house. It's their business. It's not my business. But the so. United States and Europe, they make it their business to, to butt into other nations and to destabilize those nations. I mean, there is a very wicked entity in control of the West. It is wicked. It murders babies by the tens of millions. It parades homosexuals in streets naked in front of children. It takes transvestites yes. to, little ele to elementary schools in front of little innocent children. It's wicked. The people that run America are wicked. There's no other word for it. They're wicked. And the world is getting fed up with it. The world's just getting tired of it, Doc. Right. And they know at some point they have to fight, and they don't want to, but they know they're going to have to fight. And unfortunately, you and I living here, we're going to pay the price for it. Um, okay, the next one, this is... Uh, uh, by the way, when uh, Lukashenko said uh, back in 2020 they, they, they launched a blitzkrieg against Belarus, you remember when they tried to kill him at the yes. airport? Mm -hmm. There was an attempt assassination of him at the airport. Right. They tried to blame it on the Russians and yeah. did all that stuff. and yeah. so, um, But it didn't work out. So. Okay, so the next one, Lukashenko and Putin agreed to deploy a joint regional group of troops and I later learned that it's a thousand Russian troops that are going to be deployed inside the country of Belarus. So the presidents of Belarus and Russia, Alexander Lukashenko and Vladimir Putin, agreed to deploy a joint regional group of troops. This was announced by the head of the Belarusian state at a meeting on security issues. 
Lukashenko recalled that in St. Petersburg, after the informal CIS summit, he had a one-on-one -on -one meeting with Russian President Putin. He said, in connection with the escalation on the western borders of the Union State, we agreed to deploy a regional grouping of the Russian Federation and the Republic of Belarus. This is all according to our documents. If the threat level reaches the current level, as it is now, we begin to use the Union State grouping. The basis, I've always said this, of this grouping, the Army, the Armed Forces, the Republic of Belarus, I must inform you that the formation of this grouping has begun. It has been going on, in my opinion, for two days. My order was given for us to start forming this grouping. So this is another step that we're seeing. Uh, new alliances, new partnerships. The war is spreading to Belarus. That's, right. that's what this means. Yes. The war is spreading to Belarus. NATO is now going to start destabilizing Belarus. Belarus is expecting an attack. Lukashenko said he was told by his intelligence sources that the Ukrainians planned Crimean Bridge Number 2, that there's going to be some big attack, big terrorist attack inside Belarus. And, and now Putin has sent a 1,000 Russian soldiers to Belarus. They're getting ready for the war to spread. Another country is Poland. And this is, uh, Lukashenko says, Belarus and Russia will think of a response to Poland's nuclear threat. Well, I can only think of one response to a nuclear threat. And that's more nuclear nukes. So uh, Belarus and Russia will think about how to respond to a threat of Poland's possible hosting of nuclear weapons. Uh, Lukashenko told the media on his arrival from the uh, CIS summit uh, last week. You have heard the recent statements about sharing nuclear weapons with Poland. We'll think this over. We have already discussed it, but we will think again how to respond. Do not worry. Everything will be all right, said Mr. Lukashenko. Uh, Polish President Andrzej Duda said in an interview on the 5th of October that his country would not mind joining the NATO nuclear sharing program. He's already discussed this topic with U.S. authorities. Uh, yesterday, uh, Mr. Duda said this. This issue has already been looked into. We discussed it with Putin when we were talking about the uh, planes for nuclear weapons. They agreed with the United States long ago that the arsenals of nuclear weapons will be based in Poland. So what does this mean? This means that we are facing a real attack with tactical nuclear weapons. We have to take measures, he said. Why are we having a war in Ukraine? Because Putin told NATO in the United States for years, I will not allow you to put NATO bases and missiles in Ukraine. That's why we're in war. Right. So now, what is Biden doing? He calls the president of Poland. Would you like to share our nukes? I've got some extra nukes. I'll bring them over to Poland and we can point them at Russia and Belarus. So now the war expands. So now Russia has to fight Poland. But Poland is a member of NATO. Ukraine isn't. Putin can't allow Poland to have nukes. He can't. He told Ukraine, we're not going to allow you to join NATO. We're not going to allow you to have nukes. We're not going to allow you to have military bases of the West in your country. Right. Poland is already in NATO. Right. But they don't have nukes. But Biden wants to send nuclear weapons to, to Poland. Putin has no other alternative but to nuke Poland. Do you see 
the insanity of this policy? Doc, only madmen would do this because they want nuclear war. Why else would you be doing this? Poland wasn't talking about nuclear weapons six months ago. No. But they are now. And we already know what, what Putin's response is going to be. He's going to park nukes in Belarus aimed directly at Poland. Right. That's got to be the response. I mean, no, no one cared what was happening to Ukraine until 2014. No one gave a hoot about it. And then NATO got involved. Then suddenly the whole world's concerned about Ukraine now. Oh. And same thing over here. There's never been any indication up to uh, here recently that Poland had any desire to have nuclear weapons. And now all of a sudden, hey, you know what? Having nuclear weapons here is a good idea. After all, we're parked up against a nuclear power. Yeah. Let us have nuclear weapons, too. Well, I mentioned uh, John Bolton. He was on CBS News, and uh, I guess they took the chain off of him and let him out of the uh, kennel. Uh, to do the interview and of course right away he started talking about killing Putin really put put the straight jacket on the man put a muzzle on him he's talking about assassinating Putin right let's uh let's listen we'll watch a, a, a segment of the CBS interview What's your reaction to President Biden's comments that we have not faced the prospect of Armageddon since Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis? Well, I think uh, any time we contemplate the potential use of nuclear weapons, we've got to take it seriously. But I also think we've got to be very clear-eyed about it. And I think uh, the president's comment overstated the gravity of the situation we're in right now. It is not inevitable. But Putin would like us to think it's inevitable. He'd like to see people nervous. He's trying to deter us. He has done this several times already after his invasion of Ukraine. He's been bluffing each time. There is a risk here of the use of nuclear weapons. I don't think we're in the circumstances where it's going to happen, although we watch it carefully. But it's very important for the West not to be deterred by Putin's use of this nuclear threat. He's only threatening it because you rabbit dogs are coming after his country right Bolton has wanted this war for decades he's got his war doesn't he he, he wants to and he wants his he wants his war to go on oh yeah so he didn't want you know he doesn't want a complete end to it no this has to go on for a long time because they mean to take Russia out they need, mean to take Russia completely out yes Fortunately, one person finally has spoken up with some uh, common sense and some calmness and reason and talking about uh, retired uh, U.S. Navy Admiral um, Mike Mullen, who was uh, years ago was the uh, chief joint, uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff in right. the Pentagon. And um, he's trying to bring down the rhetoric. He's saying, uh, you know, Joe Biden shouldn't be talking about Armageddon. Let's lower the threshold of our conversation. Let's bring this down and let's get to the negotiating table before something really bad happens. Let's watch. Okay, let's, let's turn to Ukraine. You heard President Biden's comments. You heard what John Kirby just said. How do you assess the nuclear threat 
from Russia right now? Well, I, I have to take Putin seriously. I, uh, he's got uh, lots of options uh, with tactical nuclear weapons from very low-yield nuclear weapons. He's a cornered, I believe, a cornered animal, and I think he's more and more dangerous just what's happened in the last 24 hours. Uh, that bridge was struck, which was logistically critical as well as very symbolic. So uh, I think we have to take him seriously and think through uh, what, what the requirements would be for us to respond to that. I, it also speaks to the need, I think, to get to the table. I'm a little concerned about the language, uh, which uh, we're about at the top, if you President will. President Biden's language. President Biden's language. We're about at the top of uh, the language scale, if you will. Uh, so, and I think we need to back off that a little bit and do everything we possibly can to try to get to the table to resolve this. Thing. At least someone's talking yes. about coming to the table. Thank you, Admiral Mullen. I appreciate you saying that. Finally, somebody in Washington spoke with some sense. Um, I found an interesting story, Doc, that the German army only has enough ammo to fight for two days. Yeah, this is a pretty shocking headline here. The German army has just enough ammo for one or two days of fighting. That's according to the German version of news website Business Insider, citing military industry and legislative sources. Now, according to Business Insider, Berlin is well behind NATO's demand to keep inventories for at least 30 days of conflict. And according to the reports, the situation has been known for years since military training has been hampered by insufficient supplies. Now, stockpiles were lowered even further after Germany, along with many other Western countries, began delivering weapons and ammunition to Ukraine following Russia's military intervention in the neighboring country in February. As stated by the German government, the supply comprised 50,000 rounds for self-propelled anti-aircraft weapon, 21, uh, 8.8 million rounds for rifles, and 50 bunker buster miss missiles. Uh, that's not going to carry them too far, Rick, if there was a serious conflict on the German border. Now, knowing this, Russia is probably looking and saying, we could take Germany. Two days. They're out of ammo. Well, you know, sometimes I've, I've wondered, has Putin deliberately, because I was talking a little while ago about him appearing to be reticent in unleashing Russia's uh, arsenal on them, uh, and it, you know, was he too, too cautious? But there's another option, and that is that he's been bleeding the NATO nations. Right. And they'll bleed even further when it comes to wintertime here. Yes. Because He's got to get to winter. Yes. Right? That's, that's, his, that's his goal. Uh, but when I read that, the German army has two days of ammo? I think, do you think that's legit or is that propaganda they're putting out there? I think it's legit. Probably. It probably is legit. Um, you know, the U.S., how much have we shipped? How much... How many weapons? How, how much ammo? How many shells have we shipped to Ukraine? What at, do we have? at least $17 billion worth. That's according to General Petraeus last week. So, Hey, I want to swing over to uh, North Korea before we close it up uh, for today, because you, if you think what you've heard is like you can't get any worse, well, can. Because okay? Kim Jong-un is now... 
playing with his nukes again. So we'll look at uh, as Yonhap News. North Korea's military claims to be gravely watching the Seoul Washington aircraft carrier drills. This is the uh, USS Ronald Reagan. So uh, this article for Yonhap uh, says North Korea's military said Saturday it is gravely watching the uh, joint naval exercises involving a nuclear-powered U.S. aircraft carrier, calling the operation a military bluff. Tensions have been escalating between the communist state and the Seoul-Washington alliance following Pyongyang's launch of an intermediate-range ballistic missile over Japan Tuesday and the entailing South Korea-U.S. joint drills. The 103,000-ton USS Ronald Reagan, the cream of the joint naval drills held Saturday, is being thoroughly monitored in the East Sea. An unnamed spokesman for the North Defense Ministry said in an interview with the state-run Korean Central News Agency. The nuclear-powered USS Ronald Reagan has conspired with the South Korean naval vessels to execute joint sea drills against our nation, the spokesperson told the North Korean news outlet. The move is a military bluff that is aimed at our just response for their apparently provocative, threatening South Korea-U.S. drills, the spokesperson said. The North apparently referred to its recent firing of a series of ballistic missiles as our just response. The DPRK armed forces are gravely watching the development of the current situation, which is very worrisome, the spokesman said. Um, and so that's what's happening in that uh, realm of things. Yeah, and then, Doc, it just gets a little bit more serious right. with the next article. So this is also Jan Hap. North Korea leader inspects training of tactical nuclear weapons unit. So a North Korean leader, uh, Kim Jong-un, has inspected the military training of tactical nuclear weapon units, the country's state media said Monday. Kim made a field guidance to drills that were conducted from the 25th of September to October 9th, while the U.S. and South Korea were staging a large-scale combined naval exercise in the East Sea. Um, it goes on to say the Norse military also held a series of live-fire striking exercises, including super-large caliber missile firing drills targeting major ports of its enemies on Sunday, with long-range artillery and aviation units mobilized, it reported. Now, on September 28th in particular, it staged a ballistic missile launching drills under the simulation of loading tactical nuclear weapons, the KCNA added. So this is coming from the North Korean news agency mm -hmm. here. This is the verification of the operation posture of our war deterrent and, at the same time, an occasion that proved the reliability of the thorough preparedness of the state nuclear defense posture. Kim was quoted as saying by the KCNA, he also said the latest drill served as an obvious warning and clear demonstration informing the enemies of the North's nuclear response posture and nuclear attack capabilities. Okay, so, well, i got one more story. Well, two. Um, North Korea says missile tests simulate striking South Korea with nuclear weapons. All right, so now this is once again coming from the KCNA. North Korea's recent flurry of missile tests were designed to simulate showering the South with tactical nuclear weapons as a warning after large-scale Navy drills by South Korean and U.S. forces, the KCNA said on Monday. North Korea fired two ballistic missiles early on Sunday, officials in Seoul and Tokyo said, making it the seventh such launch since September 25th. Leader Kim Jong-un guided exercises by nuclear tactical operations units over the past two weeks involving ballistic missiles with mock nuclear warheads, saying it was to deliver a strong message of war deterrence. 
Now, the various tests simulated targeting military command facilities, striking main ports, and neutralizing airports in the South. The effectiveness and practical combat capability of our nuclear combat force were fully demonstrated as it stands completely ready to hit and destroy targets at any time from any location, the KCNA said. Even though the enemy continues to talk about dialogue and negotiations, we do not have to talk about, nor do we feel the need to do so, the KCNA quoted Kim as saying. So, Rick, um, normally we, we have a response to North Korea uh, in such that they fire missiles, then we have to guess what it is mm-hmm. that they're all up to. This time they're outlining... They're coming right out and reporting this. They're saying we're, they're, we're getting ready for we're nuclear. Doing. We're getting ready for nuclear war. Right. We will shower the South with tactical nuclear weapons. We're, we're telling you that. We don't have to guess about it anymore. They're coming right out and saying yes. it now. Yes. This is the the new boldness that Kim Jong Un has now because he's watching what the U.S. is doing in Ukraine and Russia. Right. And he's like, they're going to use South Korea to do the same thing to my country. Yes. And I'm not going to I'm not going to prepare for it. I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and let this happen. I'm just going to rain down tactical nukes on South Korea. And and I'm going to tell them up front, I'm getting ready to do it. Where this is going, folks, is that we're going to have truly global war, global nuclear war on multiple continents. And don't forget, North Korea has ICBMs that can reach. Denver. They can come across the Pacific and hit the West Coast cities. They can get a missile into the western states of America. Right. They now, can hit Alaska. They can obviously hit Guam and Hawaii. But they can take out California and Oregon and Washington State. Now, most of the times in the past, any time that Kim Jong-un has come out and said anything, they've just taken it with a grain of salt or just it's blustering or hot air. But, Rick, you found an article today, once again in Yonhap. This situation is a little bit different now. And uh, the president of South Korea, his office is saying that the security situation is grave. Now, it's important to understand this article because the South Koreans don't normally come out and say stuff like this. No. This, uh, is, this is a different situation than before, isn't it? Very much so. So the office of President Yoon suk yeol said Monday, the Korean Peninsula and Northeast Asia are facing a grave security situation. Hours after North Korea said it practiced transporting nuclear warheads and firing a nuclear-capable ballistic missile from under a reservoir, it is important to actually recognize the grave security reality on the Korean Peninsula and in Northeast Asia and prepare appropriately for it, a presidential official said in a notice to reporters. Protecting the lives and safety of people is not about words, but it is a real-life problem. The president of South Korea said to prepare yes. for it. Prepare for what? Nuclear war. That's what he's saying. The situation is very grave right now. For some reason, the South Korean military and intelligence agencies think Kim Jong-un really is getting ready to fire missiles into their cities. And Kim Jong-un is telling you, this is what I'm going to do. In the past, he hasn't done that. Now, he's saying, this is, basically gave him an outline. Mm-hmm. Said, uh, this is what's going to happen next. I don't know if you caught the one thing that he said uh, was... Uh, 
you know, the West is telling me I have to talk to them about my nukes. I don't have to talk to anybody. And he's right. <laughs> if you've got a nuke, you don't have to talk yeah. to anybody, do you? Right. So this is a new confidence that uh, Kim Jong-un is uh, showing. Um, and I think we're going to see more of it here as we move forward. Yeah, um, I'm going to go through the headlines next. I'm not going to read the articles. I'm just going to do the headlines. I want to show you uh, Financial Times. Uh, the London Metal Exchange is seeking its members' views on whether Russian metals should be banned from the metal exchange. We're talking, you know, nickel, copper, so forth. They want to ban all Russian metals from the London Metal Exchange. Uh, next one's Bloomberg. How a ban on Russia's mining giants could shake the metals world? I guess so. Yes. You want to see? You want to see the price of items skyrocket? Just prohibit factories from buying Russian metals. And then um, on the energy side in in Europe, Bloomberg, France urges people not to panic. As a strike drains the fuel pumps in France, so now, the what's union. The what's the first rule when the government tells you not to panic? You right? should panic. Yes. Yeah. Um, the labor unions uh, have uh, gone on strike in the uh, uh, energy uh, sector, and uh, gasoline stations, petrol stations, are running out of fuel right. in France. Uh, the last article is uh, from the Guardian. France's oil strikes pushed on as petrol station queues, meaning lines, uh, worsen. Uh, no, people are so lining up. Uh, some doc, this one story said uh, some people waited two hours to fill up their automobile gasoline tank. So now, are they going to blame Russia and the Ukraine war on this? Of course. Of course. Uh, situation everywhere in the world is getting dire. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. Uh, one more time. You know, I'm here another day. That means I have another opportunity to say to you, if you are not saved. There are many of you who watch me and you're not saved. I know it. Some of you write to me and you tell me you're not. And it's, I, I mean, I, I appreciate you being direct and honest with me. I uh, respect you for that. But... Please hear me out. Your day is coming to an end of playing games with your soul's destiny. Your Heavenly Father is pleading with you to come to Him. He's not angry at you. He doesn't desire to punish you, judge you. He desires to save you. How can you be saved? Believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, as the Messiah, the Savior of the world, that he died for your sins. Believe on his name and they'd be baptized in water in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do these things and you shall be saved. I didn't say you're, you're going to live through this war. I can't say that. None of us know this. No. But I know that your soul will live forever in the presence of God. That's what I know. That I can say with certainty. So if you're not saved, please.
please, please get this done. And, and then tell your family, lead your family to Christ. Don't you want your entire family to be saved? Of course you do. Then you take the first step. You get saved and confess with your mouth publicly to your friends and family and relatives. Tell them that you believe in the name of Jesus. You're saved. Your name's written in God's book of life. And testify of his kindness and his love. Let the spirit of the Lord move throughout your family and other members will get saved also. Doc and I love you very much. We thank you for spending this time with us. Please tell people about this news program. Tell them there's something out there that's unlike any other podcast, any other television program. You have to watch it. It's true news. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. God bless you.